0: Good evening. A new president takes the oath. A former president flies south, promising a possible return. A day of firsts as COVID deaths reach over 400,000, Biden and the peace movement and the New York State Senate passes a bill to protect protesters. With these and other stories, I'm Paul Durienzo with the news for WBAI New York and WPFW Washington for Wednesday, January 20th, 2021. Former President Donald J. Trump bid farewell to the White House today as President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris were sworn in. Trump is only the fourth president to skip his successor's inauguration, a symbol of the bitter divisions that still stalk the nation. As Trump arrived at Joint Base Andrews for his last flight on Air Force One, he was given one final 21-gun salute as he spoke with well-wishers. Donald
1: J. Trump and Melania Trump. Thank you very much and we love you and I can tell you that from the bottom of my heart Our first lady has been a woman of great grace and beauty and dignity And so popular with the people, so popular with the people In fact, honey, would you like to say a few
2: words, Being your first lady was my greatest honor Thank you for
3: your love and your support
1: When we started, had we not been hit by the pandemic, uh, we would have had uh, numbers that would never have been seen already. Our numbers are the best ever. If you look at what happened until February a year ago.
0: Trump, whose last tumultuous weeks in office led to his historic second impeachment for inciting insurrection, also spoke ominously of watching the new administration and someday returning.
1: I will always fight for you. I will be watching, I will be listening, and I will tell you that the future of this country has never been better. I wish the new administration great luck and great success. I think they'll have great success. They have the foundation to do something really spectacular. A goodbye. We love you. We will be back in some form.
0: House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is holding the impeachment bill. Trump's chances are shakier for a post-impeachment trial than during his first impeachment. Anger at the January 6th invasion of the U.S. Capitol by Trump supporters is palatable on both sides of the aisle. Early this morning, Trump announced 143 pardons. Among the prominent, his former campaign manager and advisor Steve Bannon, who's facing charges for defrauding contributors to an organization that was building its own southern border wall. On the plane heading to his Mar-a-Lago resort in Palm Beach, Trump announced several more pardons. The most significant, a GOP contributor, Paul Erickson, the boyfriend of accused Russian agent Maria Butina. As Trump departed, one of his theme songs played, a song he likes to dance to. <laughs> As Trump, who won more than 70 million votes last November, decides his next move, forming his own patriot political party, is one rumor. A superstar, singer Jennifer Lopez, was greeting the new president. Lopez. As the music faded, another first, the first Latina justice of the United States Supreme Court, Sonia Sotomayor, gave the oath of office to Kamala Harris, the first woman and the first person of color to hold the office of vice president.
3: That I will well and faithfully discharge. That I will well and faithfully discharge. The duties of the office on which I am about to enter. The duties of the office upon which I am about to enter. So help me God. So help me God. Oh,
0: Vice President Kamala Harris, the Veep was escorted today by U.S. Capitol Police officer Eugene Goodman. He was named acting deputy house sergeant at arms following his role in protecting the United States Capitol. Caught on video, Goodman led a mob away from an unguarded door where members of Congress were hiding. And then the next to be president, Joseph Biden, took his oath on the same Capitol steps just two weeks ago, occupied by a mob of Trump supporters trying to overturn the election.
2: This is the first inauguration in the history of America where J-Lo was the warm-up act for Chief Justice Roberts. Uh, with that, it is now my distinct honor to introduce the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court of the United States, John Roberts, to administer the presidential oath to the next President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden.
4: Ladies and gentlemen, please stand for the oath of office followed by musical honors.
5: Please raise your right hand and repeat after me. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. do solemnly swear. I, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. do solemnly swear. That I will faithfully execute
0: Of course, the MC is Senator Amy Kobuchar. Biden began his speech with a recognition that democracy in this country is under direct assault, asserting the people of the United States will win.
5: The will of the people has been heard, and the will of the people has been heeded. We've learned again that democracy is precious, democracy is fragile. and at this hour, my friends. Democracy has prevailed. So now, on this hallowed ground where just a few days ago, violence sought to shake the capital's very foundation, we come together as one nation, under God, indivisible, to carry out the peaceful transfer of power as we have for more than two centuries.
0: After decades of presidents using their inauguration speeches to target foreign enemies, it was a change to hear a president acknowledge that domestic terrorism and a deadly disease are now the greater danger.
5: But we still have far to go. Once-in-a-century virus that silently stalks the country has taken as many lives in one year as America lost in all of World War II. Millions of jobs have been lost. Hundreds of thousands of businesses closed. A cry for racial justice, some 400 years in the making, moves us. The dream of justice for all will be deferred no longer. A cry for survival comes from the planet itself. A cry that can't be any more desperate or any more clear. And now, a rise of political extremism, white supremacy, domestic terrorism, that we must confront and we will defeat. (laughs) To overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America, requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity. I know speaking of unity can sound to some like a foolish fantasy these days. I know the forces that divide us are deep
0: and they are real. But I also know they are not new. And if this day of first wasn't enough, it was the first time in recent memory a president pointed a finger at powerful enemies from within.
5: Recent weeks and months have taught us a painful lesson. There is truth and there are lies. Lies told for power and for profit. And each of us has a duty and a responsibility. As citizens, as Americans, and especially as leaders. Leaders who have pledged to honor our Constitution and protect our nation. To defend the truth and defeat the lies. America has been tested and we've come out stronger for it. We will repair our alliances and engage with the world once again, not to meet yesterday's challenges, but today's and tomorrow's challenges. And we'll lead not merely by the example of our power, but by the power of our example, love and healing, greatness and goodness. May this be the story that guides us May God bless America, and may God protect our troops. Thank you, America.
0: The 46th President of the United States, Joseph R. Biden. Among the most eloquent moments of today's presidential inauguration, youth poet laureate Amanda Gorman recited her poem, The Hill We Climb, introducing herself as a skinny black girl who wants to be president someday.
6: And yes, we are far from polished, far from pristine, but that doesn't mean we are striving to form a union that is perfect. We are striving to forge our union with purpose, to compose a country committed to all cultures, colors, characters, and conditions of man. And so we lift our gaze not to what stands between us, but what stands before us.
0: At 22, Gorman is the youngest inaugural poet ever in the United States. She joins a small group of poets who have been recruited to help mark a presidential inauguration, among them Robert Frost and Maya Angelou. And you're listening to the news on WBAI New York and WPFW Washington. I'm Paul DiRienzo. As the new president pointed out in his speech, the United States faces some of the greatest challenges in its history. More than 400,000 Americans have died from COVID this year, more than the combined U.S. war dead in World War II, Korea, and the war in Vietnam. Death tolls it took years of bitter fighting to achieve. But even as inoculations for the disease are being approved and rolled out across the country, states are reporting they're running out. And tens of thousands of people who managed to get appointments for a first dose are seeing them canceled. Linda Perry has the story.
3: Half of the thirty-one million doses distributed have been administered so far. Only about two million people have received the two doses needed for maximum protection against the virus. This is according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. According to New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, New York City is only days away from running out of COVID vaccines and may exhaust its supplies by the end of the week. He says another vaccine shipment is expected next Tuesday. New York Governor Cuomo says the state has to figure out allocations week to week.
7: We have more of a distribution network than we have product, so to speak. We have 1,200 distributors, uh, but we have so many distributors that we can't supply them all, and you will see distributors who run out of supply. So when distributors say... Uh, I'm running out, they're right. Uh, We want to make sure distributors don't schedule any appointments for which they don't have a definitive allocation. Because we don't know what we're going to get next week. And we don't know where we're going to distribute it next week. So don't schedule an appointment unless you know your allocation for the next week. Uh, Otherwise, you have to cancel appointments and it adds to the uh, chaos which is already inherent in the system. Uh, When the federal government decided to say 65 plus were open and this was open and this was open and this was open, uh, but there was no supply, they created tremendous anxiety.
3: Cuomo has repeatedly urged federal officials to expand the supply of vaccines. In D.C. starting next week, the list of people who can get COVID-19 vaccines expands, despite the short supply. Turning to Cuba, it is working on four COVID vaccines. It begins phase two testing of its Soberana O2 vaccine in 900 adult subjects between the ages of 19 and 80 years old. It's been working on these three other vaccines, which are in clinical trials. Two of Cuba's drugs against the pathogen that causes COVID-19, Soberana01 and Soberana02, are part of the group of 47 drugs registered all over the world to fight the pandemic. Linda Perry, WBAI, WPFW News, New York.
0: And the new president faces a United States foreign policy that's in disarray. The Trump administration undid the nuclear treaty with Iran, threatened to establish nuclear deals with Russia, wrote the Palestinian people out of the Middle East equation by recognizing Jerusalem as Israel's capital and rewarded a genocidal war against the small nation of Yemen. Biden's foreign policy is an apparent revisiting of the legacy of President Barack Obama with old hands like Anthony Blinken at state and Averill Haines heading up national intelligence. Peace activist Kathy Kelly says protests will let up on Biden until the U.S. steps back from its wars.
2: It can be an opportunity for a departure from the uh, role that every president of the United States undertakes, and that is to be the uh, arms enforcer in chief. You know, the president is taking on the role of being in charge of uh, a hideous and grotesque arsenal of weapons and many, many threats to use those weapons and situations where people are, as we speak, being killed. So we have to do everything we can as peace activists to push uh, President Biden to act as a human being to endorse human decency and to change the terrible course that the United States history has has pursued, which has earned us, in the eyes of people all around the world, the position of being regarded as the most menacing country in the world. So uh, January 22nd is the day for ratification to be celebrated ratification of the treaty for the prohibition of nuclear weapons and i hope joe biden has a good sense to dance in the streets with others and celebrate that treaty and then sign it
0: looking at who he's nominated to be secretary of state anthony blinken Avril haynes intelligence what does that signal to you Well,
2: of course, we have to keep trying to oppose the appointment of Averill Haynes because of her role in condoning torture in the past uh, with regard to Guantanamo. We, of course, must oppose Mr. Blinken. He has not said that he would immediately stop the support for Israel, which possesses at least 45 thermonuclear weapons. And we haven't heard, I don't think, near as much determination as we need to hear to end any more weapon sales to Saudi Arabia or the United Arab Emirates to
0: end the war against Yemen. Are you going to give this president a break from protesting?
2: Well, I don't think that... There can be a honeymoon. The issues are too grave. Right this moment, the administration ought to pursue immediately reversing Secretary of State Pompeo's designation of the Ansar Allah in Yemen as a foreign terrorist organization. That's going to complicate delivery of relief, which is already greatly frustrated by U.S. policies. And certainly we can't speak about going forward without mentioning the importance of closing
0: Guantanamo. And closer to home in New York City, there's been fallout from what's being called an NYPD thats the New York City Police Department. Assault against peaceful marchers commemorating Dr. Martin Luther King on Monday. The protests began at the Barclays Center. Marchers crossed the Brooklyn Bridge where about 29 people were arrested. Several were injured, including cops, in the fracas. NYPD Commissioner Dermot Shea blasted the protesters in the media, saying they weren't honoring King's legacy. He called the march a disgrace. But legislators in Albany have a different take. Just last week, Attorney General Letitia James sued New York City over police handling of the George Floyd protests. And today, the state Senate passed a bill authored by Deputy Leader Michael Gianaris banning cops from mass arrests of peaceful protesters. Gianaris spoke with WBAI.
4: I don't know if they've learned very much of anything over the last uh, year where disparate treatment that peaceful protesters are getting is... Making people's blood boil. And especially when you see what happened in Washington over the last couple of weeks, where people who were actually trying to take our government down were being treated with such respect and politeness from law enforcement. And here you can't even stand on the street and
0: protest without being arrested and sometimes detained without cause. Is there some disconnect within the government, New York State and New York City, that they're not communicating to each other about what is expected of each other?
4: I don't know what is happening with certain elements of law enforcement and the leadership of the cities they they work for, but it's got to change because it's unacceptable. These are people that are exercising their constitutional rights to be heard and to organize, and for law enforcement to treat them so harshly is simply unacceptable and outrageous. It's got to stop. People have a right to be heard. It is the history of our country that change is brought about by people uh, taking to the streets and peacefully making themselves heard, and for that not to be uh, treated with such harsh crackdowns by the police.
0: How are you going ahead with this in the state legislature?
4: Well, we passed a bill today that I wrote in in parts of this, because what's been happening is oftentimes the police will detain hundreds of people at a time and hold them in jails for days at a time without even charging them that's not acceptable it's unconstitutional we have a long-standing writ of habeas corpus in this country that provides you cannot be detained without good cause knowing what that cause is and that's what the police have been doing it happened over the course of the summer unfortunately a judge allowed them to do it so we have changed the law to make it clear that detaining people for more than 24 hours without charging them is not something that's acceptable in this state and would result in the release of people in these circumstances
0: this is a question of accountability
4: (laughs) of course it is these are examples of police running amok not just preserving public safety which is their duty and their job but actually keeping people from expressing themselves and that's a whole different ballgame which they should not be involved in
0: what would this hold against the the officer who violated these rules the uh did not release people within the time that you're stating what what could happen to them
4: the bill that we passed today simply would get to these people out, get the people who are detained unlawfully out of jail. But we're talking here about people who are just summarily thrown in jail, not charged with anything, and held there for, for days at a time. Kettling. So we're trying to, to prohibit.
0: Kettling, isn't that happening? what what the attorney general specifically said, that they want to put an end to kettling, exactly what they did, just mass arresting yes, everybody in a exactly protest?
4: Right. That's exactly what we're trying to prevent. Now, in terms of discipline, which I think is what you're asking about, there is an existing process through CCRB and the internal affairs of NYPD, which many of us think is not strong enough. We did take measures to bring transparency to the disciplinary process last year, and we'll continue to look at ways to make things better for the public.
0: New York State Senate Deputy Leader Michael Gianaris, the bill banning detentions of protesters for more than 24 hours goes to the State Assembly next. And until noon today, Donald Trump was president of the United States. Any plane carrying the president is called Air Force One. At noon, the plane becomes just another government aircraft. And as the heavily modified Boeing 747 disappeared into the southern skies, Trump's New York route showed in the final farewell song he chose.
1: I find it all
0: january 29th 2021 the news is produced with linda perry our engineer is reggie johnson from new york city for the wbai news and washington dc for the wpfw news i'm paul DiRienzo. thanks for listening